This is the Ukramedia Podcast with Vladimir Praknevsky, session number 85. Here we go. Hello, Ukramedia family. Vladimir Praknevsky here, and welcome to episode number 85 of the Ukramedia Podcast, where I serve a Ukramedia family with weekly interviews from highly creative people. And before I introduce today's guest, I want to take a minute to personally thank a few of our loyal listeners from SoundCloud. I'll probably butcher some of their names, so I apologize in advance, but their names are Florian B. And R, Valentino Bonifacio, Antoine, Gleb Denisov, Jamar Cooper, Johnny Goodman, Nijo Syriac, Stan Barilla, Kim Vanessa, and Kyle Klinger. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I appreciate your loyalty. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please take a minute to leave a review on iTunes. It will only take you a few minutes, but it will help other creatives discover this podcast. So thank you in advance. And now moving on to today's guest. And his name is, it's a tough one. It's Gabriel. And I have a hard time pronouncing his last name. So I'm probably going to butcher it, but it's spelled M-U-R-G-U-E. And I want to take my best shot at this. And I want to say it's Merg, I hope I said it right. Gabriel, if you're listening, I'm so sorry. I try my best. Gabriel is the founder of Motion Appetite, a very popular Instagram community that treats your eyes with a selection of animations and illustrations featuring today's best designers. But before I play my interview with Gabriel, I want to take a second to thank our sponsor, ActionVFX.com. They have over 2,500 elements of professionally shot VFX stock footage captured on the latest RED cameras. From explosions, fire, water, smoke, gun effects, debris, particles, weather, blood, and gore, they have your assets covered. Save on render time with real elements. No more simulation. Go to actionvfx.com. Again, go to actionvfx.com. And now here's my conversation with Gabriel. Enjoy. Gabriel, welcome to the show and share something interesting about yourself that most people don't know. Well, hello. Thanks for having me. I think um, something people don't know about me is actually that I run Motion Appetit because I kept that a secret for about five months now. Wow. Um, <laughs> but I also have a secret Instagram account, which is I collect dog signs, like no, no dogs allowed. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, I've got about 150 followers on this, but it's maybe 200 posts that I've done already. Because no, not a lot of people know that, but yeah, dog signs are already always different from the places you go to. Interesting. So where did this idea <laughs> come from? I was just walking down the road one day and I saw this great sign and I was like, wow, that dog is awesome. It looks like graphically speaking, it was really well done. And then I realized, well... Maybe they're all different. So I started to look at them and take, take pictures of them. And I thought, it's quite fun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Interesting. Now, let's talk about Motion Appetit for a second. Like, I know you have well over 24,000 subscribers, followers. It is really a great Instagram channel where all kinds of amazing... I think on your description it says, we treat your eyes with awesome animations and illustrations. And you do just that. It's beautiful stuff. How did this come about? Well, you know, I was on Instagram all day and kind of spending my time scrolling th through stuff, sometimes saving stuff, and didn't really make sense to me to spend that much time on it. So I was thinking, how can I make this useful? And then I realized that a lot of my friends were asking me about inspirations and, oh, how do you, have you heard about this? Where did you see this before? So I thought, you know, why not create an account where I can share people's work? And at the beginning, it was just for myself. But now it's got so big that mm -hmm. people actually are happy to be shared on this. 
So I'm yeah, I'm really glad I did. <laughs> now you you didn't reveal yourself until like you said five months ago. How come? I'm curious. No, I still haven't revealed myself. Oh, actually. Really? I created Motion Appetit. I'd say six or seven months ago. It's it's quite a young young Instagram account, but it's it's growing really quickly. Wow. But no one really knows that it's me, and I think it's better that way. I, <laughs> I hope. <laughs> I hope not too many people will listen to me saying this because I don't know. I think it's better if. You know, it keeps the charm. It keeps the that vavavoom, as they say uh, in France. <laughs> I think it's yeah better to not know who's who's sharing the work. All right. Well, I'll tell our Ukraine media family to keep it on a on a DL. I tell them yeah, everyone keeps it keep it secret. <laughs> yeah, keep it secret, people, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, on this on this account, I mean, I'm a cell animator myself, so I try to focus on sharing this kind of animation, but there's also some frame-by-frame frame animation, stop-motion, all the things that I like. There's a lot of um, accounts on Instagram that do that kind of same thing, but I couldn't find anything like this. So yeah, I created it and then we started doing those takeovers. So every week there is one artist, one animator that takes over our Instagram and shares wow, their cool. work and in about 20 stories. And it's really interesting for me and for the community. So I think in a way I would say I created Motion Appetit for everyone, but also for myself in a way. <laughs> mm, that's pretty sweet. Now, do you have like a, I don't know, like a goal for it? Where, where are you trying to take this community? Or are you just waiting to see where it evolves to? Well, for now, I'm just waiting to see where it evolves to. But there's something that pretty exciting that's coming up. We are organizing a talk in July. Nice, nice. Yeah, there's some pretty cool studios coming to to this talk. It's going to be on the 16th of July in London. So if anyone wants to come, you guys are welcome. And maybe after that, I don't know, maybe it's going to be a festival. Maybe it's going to be more than this. There's a lot of people that are asking me how they can get in touch with the artists. And I'm thinking maybe I could help represent those artists, manage like an agency maybe. Hmm. I don't know yet. There's a lot of possibility for Motion Appetit. I'm quite open with this. I think I'm just going to go with the flow. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Now, let's get into talking about your journey. Let's start at the very beginning. How did you get into what you do today? Well, I just graduated from, from my school, actually. I've got a master's in, in animation and art direction oh, from wow. a school in France, which is called Emile And then after, so that was about not even a year ago. And I came straight to London working for an agency that's called Feed the Eyeball. We work in commercials and this is where I am today. Yeah, trying to work with my animation, but also I'm doing a bit of motion graphics and commercials. Yeah. Sounds good. Now let's transition to a dark moment in your creative journey. And I know you have a young creative journey, but I'm curious to hear what it will be. What's your worst moment in your creative journey? My worst moments. Um, <laughs> well, my creative journey is not that long, but I would say that my graduation short was a, a big, big failure. Uh, <laughs> I, I wanted to work on a music video clip so bad. I wanted to work with someone famous. Uh, I just spent so much time trying to find the right song, the right, the right artist. And then it was an Israeli artist that's called Azaf Avidan. I met him maybe four months after the start of the year. And then we talked about what I was going to do, how it, what it's going to look like and everything. And then halfway through the year, I realized I haven't even started my movie. So yeah, I had 
about four months to create a storyboard and then animate everything. And the result is really not as good as I want it to be. <laughs> but it's still there. It's still there. Awesome. And it, it's taught me a lot. So I think that's the best thing that I can take from this. What's, what's one takeaway from, from this experience? I mean, in a way, trying to work with this artist in particular was maybe not such a good idea because I spent <laughs> so much time instead of on of I mean he's pretty famous right so I spent so much time trying to get in touch with them that I kind of neglected my animation work which was not really smart of me being in my final year at school but now that I'm out of school I know how to do things I, I know how to get in touch with people which is probably something that helps me with motion appetit too and it's I think a really important part of being an animator and for I mean I'm not a freelancer but from what I understand, it's quite important for them to, I mean, communication in general, right. being able to speak to the people. To, it's huge, yeah. Yeah, I think it's a big part of our job. And sadly, artists in general are not really good at it. <laughs> no, that's true. It's true. I mean, very few people and those that are good at it, they're busy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> they definitely are. Yeah, because they're good at connecting with people, and uh, they don't have they don't have a problem finding work. Work finds them because they're very well connected in the community. And you know what? It, that's kind of why I started this podcast because it's so cool. Because I get to meet so many different creatives exactly, in this industry, yeah. and, and for like thirty minutes, I get to hang out with them, get to learn about their creative journey, and I feel like I made a friend for for life. Right? <laughs> it, it, that's exactly how I feel about motion appetit, and I think yeah. that's really why I created it. Yeah, and those takeovers that I do, uh, I mean, if you follow the account, you see the twenty stories that they share. But before mm. that, we've been chatting on Instagram for quite a while trying to figure out what dates they wanted to do it on and who is going to, I mean, hold the phone because there's someone actually holding the phone. And when you're working with a studio, is it going to be the producer? Is it going to be the, the founder? Is it going to be just an animator there? So it really depends. I think it's quite interesting to be able to, to chat with so many people. Yeah. Do you think it will ever become your full-time job? I don't think I want it to be because I'm, I'm also an animator, as I, as I said, and I, I quite like having hands-on on things. I'm starting to be a producer a little bit too, but I don't know. I, I still want to be to be able to create art, and you know, I think when you when you, I mean, I've been studying for so long, and I grew up knowing that I wanted to be an artist. So I think it's yeah, too hard to give up. I think up, I'm right? always going to be. Yeah, it's too hard to give up. <laughs> but it's, I mean, it's not, it doesn't have to be two separated things, I think. Mm. Now, we kind of mentioned, we kind of talked about some of your best moments in your creative journey. Is there any other best moments in your creative journey that you can think of? Well, I think understanding that Instagram is such a powerful tool for us and that we have the chance to live in a time that allows artists to share their work so easily today. And as I said, being able to talk to people was a thing that a few years ago was useful. But nowadays, you also want to be able to know how to use those social medias to be able to share your work. And there's so many platforms everywhere. And for artists, you have to know which one suits you and which one is good for your industry. But yeah, I think also moving to, I mean, just after graduating, I moved to London, which was quite a good move and one of the best moments in my creative journey, for sure. I met a lot of great people. It's taught me such, such important things about work and how 
our industry work, uh, we focus on commercials where I, where I work at the moment, which is a very particular industry, I think, compared to short films or lo- longer movies. Yeah, I think that was a very smart move for me, no, <laughs> at least awesome. to, start, to start a career in such a, a great place, yeah. Do you think you'll ever move back home to France? Yeah, I definitely will, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, in London, you get to go to talks, meet people that are usually top artists in, oh, yeah. in the world i mean You're in great it's spot. like yeah. you know those great hub where all the famous and talented people work <laughs> so it's really easy to get to meet people and see see very great talks and i think i will move back to france because i miss my cheese and i miss, miss my bread <laughs> but <laughs> you know oh, man. i'm still enjoying my time here <laughs> that's funny by the way your english is great where did you learn how old were you when you learned english sorry how, how old were you when you learned English? Did you, is it something that you learned? Uh, did you learn English in, in school? So, yeah, we, we, we have to learn English at school. But after, when I was 16, I moved to a host family in Australia ah. in a, a little town called Goulburn. So, yeah, so I just want to say hi to everyone there <laughs> down under. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I moved to Australia for about a year. So I was hosting in a host family. It was so great. And like, it taught me a lot about you know, being able to not be with your parents at a very young age teaches you a lot and makes you grow older quite faster than the others. After that, I went to an international school when I was back in France. So the school was in English. So I learned English from this and then I've been here for about a year. So, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> you know, I, I lived in Spain for like three summers in a row with a host family, with my twin brother as well. So, that was a really cool experience because we were only nine years old. I mean, this was, and we stayed mm. with a family who didn't speak Russian or Ukrainian. And so for us, this was, this was something to experience, to go through at the age of nine. I'll never forget it. Now, I used to be fluent in Spanish. Now I forgot it. But like, <laughs> this was like 20 years, 20 some years ago, over 20 years ago. And uh, this year, Sergey went to Spain to, to Madrid to work with the, the Olympic Channel there. He was teaching them the expressions course. And uh, he got to meet with, the host family that we haven't seen like in over 20 years. So that, oh, was, awesome. that was like a super, and we don't, you know, we forgot English. So Sergey doesn't speak, or forgot the Spanish. Sergey doesn't speak Spanish. And so they had to communicate via Google Translate, which was an experience. <laughs> <laughs> He'll never forget. Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I was pretty lucky because when I went to Australia, we didn't have all those Google Translate oh, and everything. Yeah. So, you know, you had to really... When you didn't know a word, you had to explain it or show it, but you couldn't just go on the internet and translate it. That would, that's that's jitting. It yeah. doesn't count. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is good for you because you probably learned it much faster. Those that I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It handicaps like, you if you have that app with you. Exactly. Yeah. When I when I went to when I moved to London, people were just because I didn't know every words and people were just translating in Google and it was. Please don't do that. It's it's not helping me. I won't remember the word afterwards. No, true. <laughs> it's kind of like driving to work with Google Map. Like I remember here in town, I, I yeah, moved exactly. to you don't... yeah, I moved to Charlotte like three years ago, and for a whole year, I would drive to work with a GPS. And uh, I, I'm telling you, like I didn't memorize my route. It was like 30 minutes away. And then finally, I was like, this is not helping me because you kind of like tune out when you have a GPS. You just kind of glance where you go, and you totally forget the route, you don't memorize the thing. So something that's so helpful in a way can kind of handicap you and prevent you from learning, truly learning and grasping that thing. So yeah, delete that Google Translate and go to another <laughs> country and see what happens. Now, Gabriel, let's take a quick break to thank our sponsors. We'll be right back. 
This episode is brought to you by our friends from ActionVFX.com. They provide the best stock footage elements for professional visual effects, from explosions, fire and smoke, muzzle flashes and bullet shells and gun effects to debris and particles. They have your assets covered. Available in 4K, 100% royalty free. They also have over 250 free VFX elements for you to download. Stuff like free fire sound effects, spell hits, bullet shells, blood mist, bullet hole textures, dust waves, water sound effects, explosion sound, and and the list goes on and on. If that's not enough, then check out their tutorials and blogs. ActionVFX.com is a great online resource. Save on render time with real elements, no more simulations. Go to ActionVFX.com. Again, go to ActionVFX.com. And now back to the interview. All right, we're back from the break. Gabriel, I have a total of like six questions for you. And the first question is, how do you overcome creative blocks? To be honest, I think I just stopped working. <laughs> um, it's one way to do it. Yeah, just stop working and just go back to it the, other, the next day. Motion Appetit gives me a lot and a lot of references to think about, and it's taught me a lot on how to start my animation, what's interesting, what people actually like, because that's very important for our, our jobs to get going. But sometimes you just can't do it, so... I think you just stop and you, I don't know, you go for a run or cook something. Cook some, go for a run and cook something. Those two things are like... Now if you I, could, think, I think that's what I would say, yeah. If you could give one piece of advice to aspiring designers, illustrators, and animators, what would it be? That's a very tricky question. <laughs> Putting you on the spot here, Gabe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think learning how to brand yourself, being able to show your work with no shame, be ready to start again. Um to start again and again. I mean, being able to get feedback, accept it, and have a different look on your on your work, and that's very, very important. Most artists, we feel very strongly about what we do, what our art is, but I think it's very good to learn to accept criticism and learn from it. Most of the people I think today don't do that, and those that actually have a bit of success are the ones that learned this, and this is the key, I think. Being able to show your work to, I mean, people working in your industry, because talent-wise and technically-wise, it's important to have feedback. But also, I mean, I'm just going to take an example. My girlfriend is a, a doctor. She doesn't know anything about art. Wow. And I really like to show her what I do and have her feedback. Sometimes, even though I've spent ages on it, and I think technically it's there, she would just tell me, well, I don't get this story, so what's the point in what you're doing? <laughs> and I think that's very important to have different points of views mm. and not only from professionals. Now, how do you balance work and personal life? Well, as I say, my girlfriend is a doctor, so I can't really balance work and personal <laughs> life because when we do have a bit of time together, I can't really talk about anything from work because she doesn't really care about uh, anything so there, that has to do okay, with us. Um, but <laughs> I think... Um, it's, it's quite a tricky question because personal life today has a lot to do with social media and having created Motion Appetit, it's quite hard to be able to put my phone away and not being focused on looking at other people's other people works and what I'm sharing on my, on my accounts. I think, to be honest, how do I balance work and personal life? <laughs> it's just being able to leave everything aside and, as I said, go for a run. Hmm. <laughs> That's true. It's a tricky one. Most people have a hard time unplugging yeah. from work. I, I struggle with that. You can be at home. I have two kids. You can be at home playing with your kids. But mentally, you're still worrying about that project, that thing that you're working on. So 
that's why I asked this question because that's something I'm still still working on conquering. It, it is a tough one. Especially with today's when you can have your device all the time with all you the time. and we are in such a connected industry. It's a um, blessing and a curse. Most, yeah, yeah, we have to be connected. We have to be, especially, I mean, I don't know about everyone, but I, I know a lot of people in our industry that are sharing their work on Instagram, as I said, and it's quite hard because Instagram is also about your personal life. How do you do that? I know my personal account is <laughs> only about art and I don't have anything to share in my actual personal life. My girlfriend has that on hers. But I don't know. I don't think there is any, any way to do it. You just have to be, <laughs> to be able to, to balance it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> embrace it, as you say. Now, what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? <laughs> well, so as I said, when I grew up, I always knew that I wanted to be an artist. Actually, I always knew that I wanted to be an animator after seeing The Lion King, which was when I was about maybe five, I don't know. But then when I graduated from high school in France, I just didn't want to do it anymore. So I went to study osteopathy uh, for about a year, which was really good and interesting. But I, I don't know why I did it. I think my parents, lucky enough for me, I've been always pushed by my parents to work with arts and they were ready to help me with my studies. And I don't think that is the case for everyone. And I, I didn't embrace that luck that I had um, I went to study osteopathy for a year. It's taught me a lot, anatomically speaking, but yeah, artistically, it's not really. <laughs> <laughs> now, share one of your personal habits that contributes to your success. I would say always, always compare your, I mean, not compare yourself, but always be able to look at other people's work and learn from it. I think, yeah, looking at other people's works is really the key. As I said, with Motion Appetite, it's helped me also to understand by sharing work, being able to see how much people like different posts, being able to see how and why it's, it actually happened to be the one that people like more. I think it's helped me on my personal life as well, my personal, I mean, my personal arts. I had a very, very slow pace way of working in my videos. I would think too much about what I was going to talk about, about my storyboard and everything. And now I quite, when I start something, I, I already know where I'm going and I just focus on this and don't think too much about it because I know I would, I would just waste my time. Mm -hmm. Now for the next question, I, I think I know the answer to it. Uh, where do you get your inspiration from? Which is probably Motion Appetite. <laughs> now, is there anything yeah. outside of Motion Appetite that you uh, enjoy? Yeah, definitely. So I think Instagram, of course, I I know that, for example, I've got that very bad habit during lunchtime. <laughs> I I sit for about 15 minutes watching Vimeo and I watch all the stuff big in the, all the stuff big, animation, mm -hmm. photography, everything. I think that's really, really what drives my creativity. I go a lot on Pinterest. I go to museums. I... See, as I speak to you, I realize that it's it's very, very digital <laughs> focus and yeah. I don't actually go to museum that often. <laughs> but that's a bad thing. Yeah, I try to get out. To Museums are great. I try to go as much as possible to, to nature, enjoy the nature, because that's where I'm the most at peace and relaxed. And I feel like that's where ideas come to me. Like I get very anxious being in, inside the building all the time. 
And uh, I feel like when you step out outside in the world, it's like the possibilities are like endless, you know? Oh, yeah. That's very important to me to be able. I mean, I said I, I wasn't I was very bad at balancing work and life. But <laughs> I mean, I have to go running twice a week. I have to go to the swimming pool once a week. I have to oh, cook wow. all the time. <laughs> If I don't do that, I know that I'm not in the right mood and I, I have to get out. Yeah, of course. I need my little bit of grass, you know, daily, daily <laughs> grass time <laughs> <laughs> right in london there's not much <laughs> in london yeah london is very very green actually i oh, really most people don't been. know that yeah really yeah most people actually have a garden and there's parks everywhere it's really great for that yeah because i think when i think of london i think of like this massive city kind of like almost as big as new york city just a lot that's really how i pictured it before coming coming here yeah for sure i lived in paris for a little bit working as an intern in an animation studio i shouldn't say that because i'm french but i really hated it it's really it's really gray the buildings are really tall there's absolutely no nature anywhere and moving to london i kind of thought i was going to get into this again but here it's really different wow there's good to know buildings are awesome. maybe three stories high max really that's great <laughs> wow that's pretty cool and last question how can people get in touch with you gabriel Oh, well, Motion Appetit on Instagram, of course. Tell us everybody knows. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best way. Sounds good. Well, Gabriel, thank you so much for sharing your journey with us, man. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. All right. Hope you enjoyed my conversation with Gabriel. Make sure to check out Motion Appetit on Instagram. And as always, all the links and resources mentioned in this episode are also available on our website at ukramedia.com slash 85. And make sure to check out actionvfx.com. Remember, they have your assets covered. Over 2,500 elements of professionally shot VFX stock footage captured on the latest RED cameras. From explosions, fire, water, smoke, gun effects, debris, particles, weather, blood, and gore, go to actionvfx.com. Again, go to actionvfx.com. And lastly, don't forget to join our online mentoring group on Facebook. Simply go to ukramedia.com community. We have well over 3,000 people in this group. It is a great online resource for those of you who are trying to grow, and it's absolutely free. Thank you so much for joining me on the journey of this podcast. I appreciate you, and I look forward to serving you in the next episode of the Ukramedia Podcast. Bye-bye.